Hi, you're listening to Quarter Rest, the music podcast that sends your ears on vacation. Available on all major podcasting platforms. You know, I want to take a moment to talk about another podcast. Now, it's no Quarter Rest. This podcast is a rare jewel, a diamond in the rough. But once you're all fully caught up with our show and looking for something more, I suggest you turn to The Lyric Boys. Here's the premise. Every episode, the two guests, Lucian Flores and Andrew Stieglitz, pick a band. It might be the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Beach Boys, or even the Doors. And the two take turns sharing the funniest, silliest, goofiest, most wacky lyrics that they could find for that band, and then they have an awfully good time riffing on them. It's a very simple concept for simple minds, which is perfect because I am a simple man, just like in the Leonard Skinner song. I wonder if they'll do Leonard Skinner. They definitely should. Anyway, all this to say, it's a funny show. They crack wise. They make jokes. It's very amusing and interesting, and I think you should go check it out. All right, you've heard enough jabber out of my mouth. Let's get to the show. This week, Partner, Canadian power rock trio band, Cool. Well, hello, folks. I almost didn't see you there. Come on, step into my office. Step in, step in. Don't be shy. Take a look to your left. Now take a look to your right. Before the year's end, one of those people will have died. But I won't tell you which one because I don't want to spoil the surprise. This week, I interviewed Partner. They are a Canadian rock power trio. They play drums, bass, and guitar, which are, let's face it, the coolest instruments known to man. We talked about music. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So sit down, shut up, and enjoy the show. Too. And on the deck 
We are in the virtual studio, speeding our voices across the information superhighway with the three members of the band. Partner, they're a Canadian band, originally from New Brunswick, and they're here today to talk about their music. Partner, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having us on the show. Yes, thank you. We're excited to be here. Well, the excitement couldn't be greater on my end as well. Could we just do a quick round of introductions so that everyone can sort of assign a voice to a, a name? Not a face. Uh, they can't see you. Perfect. <laughs> Definitely. Um, my name is Jose, and my role and partner is um, vocals and lead guitar and writing. And rhythm guitar. And rhythm guitar <laughs> and whatever else needs to happen. Yeah, perfect. And my name is Lucy, and my role is bass, vocals, writing, and whatever else needs to happen also. And, and you were formerly doing guitar as well. And I formerly was playing guitar. Yeah. And I suppose you probably do still play guitar. I do. I play <laughs> guitar today. You haven't lost the ability. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Sloan TB. I play the drums and do a lot of, uh, a lot of other intangibles in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all have many different roles. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a band that, that, yeah, expand on that. You say that the band, everyone has many different roles. What do you mean by that? Um, well, uh, it takes, um, a lot to run a band and, you know, we're all on the same page as far as like making every moment as productive as we possibly can while we're, you know, working together. And I think that when we work in sync like that, that's kind of like the intangibles and that's like everyone having their role. And being in sync and stuff. It changes all the time, but like you're always ready to adapt. So it's a fluid role. And is this something that you've come to recognize over time, or has there always been like an attempt to give everyone a role? Still learning. It's a yeah. journey and process. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, like every day we figure out new roles that we didn't even know that we had or whatever, like. Is this is to some extent like a like a running joke in the band? Like, oh, I have a new role. I'm giving you a new role. Like, do you guys ever curse each other to have extra roles? No. Not yet, but you're giving me ideas. Yeah, I think it's almost more funny in this moment that we've never discussed it, but we all are very aware of the fact that we have a role. Have roles, <laughs> but you yeah. don't even need to talk about it. So we've yeah. been asked the question, you know. But now that we've addressed it, Directly, we're gonna have a huge fight after this. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, about our role. Yeah, we're gonna have a real role argument after this. Um, okay, well, Lucy brings a party. I'm pretty serious and like driven, 
Um, and Simone um, brings amazing meals and drumming and support and um, knowledge of gear. Um, just kind of like whatever you need, kind of like a Swiss Army knife. It's good to have one of those. We're lucky. <laughs> yeah, we actually do have like a Swiss Army knife style thing going on. <laughs> do you think that has a, a bleeding impact into the music? Absolutely, for sure. Everything always does show up in the in the music. Yeah, so kind of the reason I wanted to bring this up is because, you know, looking at your band by doing Google searches and trying to learn as much as I can uh, in advance of this interview, I it's pretty clear that the band has gone through different iterations with different lineups. Could you just, I mean, you don't have to give the, the full history of who was there for what number of minutes, but just a quick-o history... There's been lots of iterations, but there's always been a constant. It's like me and Lucy kind of like um, just like getting together and laughing and and holding a guitar and just coming up with silly songs. So there's lots of, um, you know, people that drop, dropped in and stuff and fun times. But um, now we're a three-piece. Does this phase feel more permanent? Well, I did the first record with them and definitely... This is the third recording we're doing together that we're still working on right now. Yeah. Um, but definitely from like the first time felt more like I was just coming in to plug in in the studio. I knew them from um, playing in other bands and it was like, mm-hmm. super fun and great to hang out. But definitely it was like, here's this like, you know, here's this job. Can you learn these songs and play these songs and work on these songs? And then we'll do that. Yeah, it's like a sub gig. Yeah, yeah. And then we didn't play together for a while, but then at some point a while, well, on and off, but then at a point a while later, everything kind of aligned um, in terms of our schedules and their desires for where they wanted to kind of move forward from. Um, And since then, now it definitely, you know, it's still the core of it. Like the essence of the band is like the interaction between Lucy and Jose, like their humor, like, you know, that's the voice. But definitely it feels more now like uh, I just like to come in and like listen to their ideas and be like, okay, but what if you do it like this? And it feels awesome. And it feels like it's always getting better. That's fantastic. Isn't it wonderful? It's a great time. We have a good time. (laughs) Yeah, you guys have a really good time. It's so apparent from the way you describe it. (laughs) Well, the great Canadian power trio is kind of a cool thing. So... It's not so bad to be a three-piece. You got guitar, bass, and drums. You don't really need more than that. It's 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 probably the easiest kind of band to maintain, other than a duo, you know, that just plays with you know whatever randoms. But even that's more complicated than just having a solid trio because you can make all the sound you need. And there's that you know great Canadian precedent, which brings me to the next topic, which I wanted to briefly discuss, which was Rush, because when I was looking into you guys and delving into the music, I discovered one of my honest-to-God favorite Rush covers I've ever heard, which was you guys playing Limelight. Can you just quickly talk about that? Because that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So, like, um, they asked us, the Polaris Prize people asked us if we wanted to do a cover for, like, the, um, like, that, like, they celebrate, like, an old classic album or whatever every year. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they asked if we wanted to do one, and one of the ones we could do was Rush, Limelight. Um, so, like, um, we learned it, and, like, it, we decided it would be a really good challenge. And then, like, after we learned it, it really, like, influenced 
our style and like a lot of our song, new songs kind of sound like Rush. <laughs> yeah, I can actually hear that. I mean, I don't think you guys sound exactly like Rush, but I can hear how, yeah, how learning Limelight may have like leveled you guys up a little bit or just made you think like, like we need to aspire to Rush standards of rock sophistication. I'm, I'm joking because I, I, I don't, f- I've listened to, bits of both of you. I've listened to all of your first record and bits of your second, and I don't particularly prefer one over the other, but I can hear a little bit more of the classic rock influence in the, in newer, the newer Yeah, definitely. Record. You're very diplomatic. <laughs> I'm not even Canadian. That's the worst part of it. I'm the only non... Well, probably the only non-Canadian of the four of us. I'm American. I'm supposed to be uh, really, like, a, just an ass all the time. But... But then I came to Canada and I had to overcorrect in order to fit in. But, you know, eventually I'll get back to, <laughs> to reason. To reason. a regular level, yeah. <laughs> the acceptable, tolerable level of, of politeness. Well, it's, just, you know, if I were drinking a lot of beer, maybe I'd, maybe I'd be less polite. I'd be funnier. <laughs> I'd be much funnier. Hilarious. Um... <laughs> To me, not to, is Russian influence like was was it kind of just a random choice to pick a uh, you know to do a Rush song for the Polaris Prize? People, it was not a random choice. We were um, inspired by watching the documentary. Um, what's it called? Mm, is it called Moving? Moving? No, like there's it? no. What's the What's the Rush talk? Do you know the Rush talk on? Netflix then for the last few years. It's like, I haven't seen it. I, I'm actually not sure. There's a documentary and it was really heartwarming. Yeah. And like, yeah, you yeah. see them joke around and you see like the friendship they have. And plus the topics that they explore are like really like, you know, different for like that time or whatever. Yeah. Like they're a bit yeah. like fantastical, a bit like, you know, and like we were like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, like Polaris had a list of what the heritage albums were and it was like, pick something from this list. And it definitely, like, it felt serendipitous in the sense that we just watched that, like, had just kind of the beginning days of being, like, an affirmed trio. And then, like, Mm, mm. after delving into that, like, it just, like, felt, especially the list, it felt very serendipitous and, like, you know, something that really was everybody for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And then to be given this, like, hey, well, you know, here's this job to play a Rush song was very, like, okay, universe. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I can learn this for sure. And it was, like, challenge accepted, too, because it took a while to learn. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Diamond Dave's E-Jeweler. Do you have a special occasion coming up that involves a significant other? Say a wedding, anniversary, or birthday. Or have you ever wanted to hurl a fistful of jewels at someone like a drunken robber baron? Diamond Dave has you covered. Diamond Dave's e-jeweler sells diamond rings, ruby necklaces, sapphire earrings, and golden tongue studs, all at bargain basement pricing. How do they do it? Well, let's hear from Diamond Dave himself. I sell many jewels to the nice people. (laughs) Oh, Dave. Now here's how it works. Download and install the Diamond Dave app on your mobile or cellular phone. You're going to want to plan several hours for this as the app is very large and slow to install. Now you're ready to window shop. The app will present you with a plethora of glimmering jewels and entrancing gold pieces. Simply swipe left to reject and swipe right to buy. 
Isn't that right, Dave? My jewels sparkle in the night. They certainly do. And best of all, you'll be supporting your local economy as long as you are local to the Central African Republic from which Diamond Dave sources all of his glittering, glimmering, shiny jewels. Rubies are like sapphires covered in lipstick. Someone, please help me. So this holiday season, as you're shopping for that certain someone, remember, Diamond Dave is the way to save. He forced me to eat jewels. I don't want to eat any more jewels. One of the other major rock power trios is The Police, and that would be equally difficult to cover. Yeah. Those are two difficult bands to do. So honestly, like, hats off for nailing Limelight. Thank you so much. The drums sound great, and it's like very close to what Neil Peart did, but not trying to be Neil Peart at the same time. Like, it, that's it, what it, I like about it. Yeah. It sounds different enough that it feels like a cover and not just a a carbon copy. But at the same time, you get like some of the fun hard bits, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, the ear candy bits, like the little drums. You know, loved it. Neil is great, but if you know. I maybe would have edited a little, <laughs> and maybe I was given the opportunity to, maybe I took it, I don't know, but respect to all, uh, all in their vision. Yeah. Well, well that's that sounds great. about a cover, because you can just, like, do, like, what you would do if you were them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, the little, uh, the little quote of Spirit of Radio at the end was, uh, yeah. we went up. Very goofy and unexpected. <laughs> Full disclosure, I was an enormous Rush fan. I mean, I, I still love Rush, but like my last year of high school, oh my good lord. <laughs> it, was, got, it got bad. <laughs> I, it got out of hand, okay? Somebody needed to come along and rein it in, which eventually <laughs> I was able to do. <laughs> yeah, but, by yourself. But I mean, I listened to the bad albums. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of albums. They're not all good. <laughs> moving pictures which has limelight on it is is great, great. But there are some that are no no roll, roll the bones <laughs> oh yeah it's uh but that does cross over that territory of like oh my god that's so bad i love it yeah <laughs> I, I actually do like the song roll the bones like, yeah. that's, you're, 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 yeah. that's like the best of the bad that's what, saying. that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah, they have some very cringy lyrics on some of their like 90s era stuff too. Just bizarre. I want to talk about influences. What what bands have influenced your music over the years? Yes. And how has that changed over time? Well, it's a great question. Yeah, for sure. Um I would say it's always changing. Yeah, like it's ever shifting. Ever shifting. And like it's we the like- way it should be. Well, we like to like take inspiration from like whatever's around, like, and whatever's around is always changing. Like we might right. get introduced to a song and get obsessed with it. And then like, yeah. And so like we get inspired by many different parts of stuff. Like sometimes we get inspired by like kind of an abstract, like what have been the big ones in the last couple albums? Oh, a bands? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like when you were making this last record, like, what albums were you just like 
listening to a bunch for, of being like, okay, I'm going to the studio. For Never Give Up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we were or listening even, to, like, tons of Joni Mitchell. Yeah, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, Joni Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell. yeah, we were listening to tons of Joni Mitchell. Um, um like, obsessively, um... Sometimes we just rush, listen to the same rush. couple of songs. Were you in a hamster dance phase? No. Not at the time. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it was a lot of Rush and Joni Mitchell at the time, and honestly, I can't really remember what else. But when you hear the whole album, that will make so much sense. Will it? Because because what I've heard, I've not heard any Joni Mitchell in in the songs that I have heard. She's in there, <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Joni's like <laughs> she's cranky. <laughs> there's You're like <laughs> cranky. There's a song that's that true. we haven't released yet, and it has. It has piano in it, and that's probably the one that would sound the most thing. We're just really inspired, like, just by, I guess, like, being inspired by and sounding like is different, has always been that's different true. for us. Yeah. Like, we get inspired, and then we try to do something, and it kind of comes out its own way. You're yeah. Like, well, right. I guess yeah. this, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, like, sometimes we try to make a song sound like something, and then it sounds like something else yeah, completely like, different. Our first album, we said um, it was going to sound like Katie Lang, <laughs> and then that was on the basis on which we got signed to our label. You've changed, changed yeah. And it turned out to be false. And did it ever not <laughs> sound like Katie Lang? It, it it really doesn't, I have to say. And, and I don't mean any offense by that. Um, I probably like it more than if it had sounded like Katie Lang to be... To be, to be uh, partially honest, I don't even know. Maybe it would have been really cool sounding like Katie Lang, but who but. knows? Who knows? But anyway, that's that's just to say we were really inspired by Katie Lang at the time, but However. but it didn't sound like her at all. However, <laughs> yeah, like there's always so many different factors to play into like how it sounds beyond like how you envision it at first or whatever. Like, what do you think would be the most Katie Lang song? On that first album. You don't have to say thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before we totally lose the audience's ear, we should play a song from the album. And I think that song ought to, to be Play the Field. Cross my 
somehow there I was and the ball was in my court before I could figure out if it was real or just a dream I scored my only basket of the season it was on my own team I wanted to play this song in its entirety, have it be the first song that gets played, because it's my favorite song of your guys's that I've heard so far. I love this song. The first time I listened to it, I was watching the music video, actually. It, like, popped up on YouTube, because I was, like, you know, Googling around, and um, I don't know. It just, like, the, the, the music video augmented the lyrics and kind of, like, brought... Uh, a, a literal, you know, visual representation of the lyrics and, uh, and the music was just great. I loved it. It's a good song. So half, can we talk about this song a little bit? Who wrote it? Absolutely. Yeah. We had a ton of fun writing that one it was really exciting coming up with it. And it was like, for me, it was the first time that I felt like I really told my story. Um, hmm. like the, the gay, gay story, story, like the gay story <laughs> and like, not being good at sports, but like having a crush on the <laughs> girls that were. <laughs> it's a really specific experience, but that I think probably a lot of people do have. And then also, you know, it's a song that's romantic, so that's relatable to everyone, I guess, right? Yeah. So I was never good at sports, so I was able to at least relate to that small part of it and kind of the desire to, to like, I wish I was good at sports, but I also don't care i'm glad that you like it it's a great song what was exciting about coming up with that one did you kind of feel like oh this is like one of the good ones or yeah, yeah. it stands out definitely thought it stood out and like definitely thought we could take the sports theme pretty like um that would be easy to like go with a sports theme and kind of wrote itself and it was fun to play fun to sing all of that like we were just like wow like look what we can do so how autobiographical is the song like fully 100%. Fully. <laughs> yeah, like the part about her scoring on her own team. Yeah. Like Oh, oh that that part is real. I thought that was a joke. No, it's real. That was a joke. It, it's funny because it kind of sounds gay, but like it actually really did happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's be honest, it does even occasionally happen to professional players, the whole own goal thing. Stop scoring. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> I get it. No, that's that's my level of athleticism and team sports coordination ability i'm i'm so terrible so i could relate to it even though i thought that part was a joke and so like what was the reason for kind of juxtaposing this whole thing about like having crushes on people and the sports you know the kind of sport oriented lyrics like what was this like a conscious thing like okay we're going to kind of relate these two concepts together and it's going to kind of synthesize that weird high school feeling um, it was mostly because, like, a lot of lesbians are really good at sports, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there's a lot of, like, girls out there that are good at sports that are, you know, our love interests, like, maybe over the years. And, you know, like, when um, you're, like, immature or whatever and you, like, I- idealize, like, the qualities someone else has and yeah. if you were together. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's kind of like about like idealizing the fact that somebody else is, is different from you. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's different from you. And like, um, the sports, like for us, like I think, you know, as lesbians that aren't like good at or weren't good at sports, like at the time or wasn't like our first, we were like guitar, yeah. guitar people. We're guitar people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Hail the guitar. Guitar. <laughs> so yeah, like I like I got on the sports teams like this one year and it's like it's based on that one year that I played sports and like I tried to belong. It like I just kept fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a crush on like this one girl. <laughs> and Lucy d- Lucy, did you write the uh the second verse, the one that you sang? Did I write that? Yes, I did. Is that also autobiographical? <laughs> um, so that is more of like a composite, right? So yeah, I would <laughs> this imagine. is not sp- specifically one time or one crush. Or this is my verse is not about any one person, but it's right. kind of just about like the awkward gay teenager feeling when you're like, oh god, like I hope no one thinks I'm gay, like that I'm looking at them in a gay way, like so I'm gonna like not look, but then you're also like are gay so like you know it's just a little complicated um feelings it's very poignant the way it's written and i mean i noticed from reading a couple reviews that people seem to like to pick on those particular uh that one verse and kind of quote it so hats off to you you wrote a good verse and and i really like the way like the rhyming works too the rhyming and the meter in that verse a great writer lucy's an amazing writer (laughs) And I remember when she first showed me that verse, I was blown out of the water. I was like, I think it was her birthday, and I think I was drunk when I showed it to you. <laughs> if you read the lyrics, they don't look like they should rhyme, but they rhyme perfectly when it's sung. It's actually very impressive. Thank you. So I wrote it on and- Tim Hortons. That's <laughs> off. <laughs> and also, I've noticed that often when it gets quoted, like in reviews that I've read, they always leave off the last line. But it just might change my life, which I love. It's very like um, a glimmer of hope at the end of a kind of like awkward and vaguely sad, you know, 30 seconds or however long it is. Wow. I feel like you are really like totally getting that verse. And like, yeah, I wrote that at Tim Hortons. I remember I was looking for the cups and it kind of just popped into my head. And now all these years later, it feels great to revisit it in my mind. <laughs> no, it's 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 a very and this is why I, I this is why it's my favorite song of your guys, at least of the ones I've heard so far. And maybe if I listen to some of the others more, they'll like grow on me and supplant this one. It could happen. But it's it, it, it really does cycle through a lot of emotions in a very short period of time. And I think that's like the perfect way to capture the high school feeling is so many different emotions all piled on top of each other in the same day. You're like hating yourself, but also like really exhilarated about something. Mm-hmm. It, it feels very much like being in high school in terms of this album. What do you think? What do you think the album sounds like? Could you describe the sound? Yeah. Like um, it's really riffy, really classic. Um, it played a 1969 um, S Gibson SG on most of the record um and that like gave it like pretty much all the character and the guitars that you hear it comes from comes from that it's like it basically plays itself it's like so fine i'm so lucky to be, be able to play it 
Um, so it really gave it that like classic sound because it's like, it's an, you know, like it's an older instrument. So yeah, right. definitely. It definitely like it, it defined how everything else played out. So it's a very like, it's a very rock record. So it's like very much like Lucy and Jose and like classic partner, like humor, but like also like, you know, insight, but it definitely has a great rock feel to it with their weirdness for sure. So we call it post-classic rock. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like classic rock, but future for the future. But futuristic. Futuristic, yeah. I like that. I like that. It, like it, yeah, it carries forward some of the sounds of classic rock, but doesn't try to sound like an actual record from the 70s. I, I think it, there's a lot of a 90s sound as well. Uh, I can hear like Nirvana bands like that a little bit. On the yeah. new one? Uh, on the new one, that one sounds more more classic rock. Maybe oh, we sorry. maybe oh, we've yeah. been talking, talking about, about the new one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about but different you nailed, albums. You nailed the first one, I suppose. <laughs> the nineties thing. The first one sounds very nineties. The more recent one, yes, from what I've heard, sounds very classic. Yeah, rock. sorry. So I kicked it off by describing a completely wrong album. Um, well, now your next 100%. question is answered. <laughs> so we can just work backwards <laughs> with editing magic. I can uh, I can make it so no one will ever know. <laughs> All right. So what do you need to know? What do I need to know? Um, and then the first record. How would you describe this one? Ooh, good question. Um. um so the first record. Um. Well, it sounds nineties. <laughs> yeah, it sounds nineties. It definitely sounds nineties. Um, and like when I listen back to it, I'm just like I can't can barely even connect with it. Like. I can still connect with, like, just, like, with my vocals and stuff, like, my voice, actual voice, like, the music and everything, yes, but, like, so I find it hard to des- describe in and, any objective way. And musically, it's a lifetime ago, so it's a funny question. Um, yeah. It's always, it's always, like, the further away you get from something, the the more you're, you know... It's harder to be like, what were we doing? You know, but, yeah, what I, were we trying to do? I remember that we were, like wanted big, big guitars and like you know good sounding vocals yeah. and like and this was like your t- first time in like a big studio right yeah oh yeah so like there's a lot like there's a quality to it too of like kind of newness in this way that's yeah like, like n- neither good nor bad but just like there tonally yeah for know, sure like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's an innocence to it too <laughs> yeah. I oh definitely yeah yeah which, oh you know, definitely it fits and it fits like with 90s music too like there was like you know a certain innocence of people being like fuck things don't all rule yeah. <laughs> you know that's like the vibe of grunge the vibe of a lot of 90s stuff of just like apathy so, growing up yeah. you know like yeah. teenage angst teenage angst yeah exactly <laughs> That's what it is. And awe and kind of just all that shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we love Nir- Nirvana and, like, and, like, um, we'll sing Pearl Jam sometimes. and Yeah. Which Pearl Jam songs do you do? Oh, my God. Could you guys play that acoustic? Could we play it? I mean, we could look up the chords and. Okay, if you don't know the chords, I don't want to make you. I don't want to make you like. I feel like it would probably sound better if we play one of our own songs. <laughs> yeah, probably. I thought. I thought it, it was a song you've covered. I'm like, oh, that would be cool, but. We kind of just no. sing it. 
Um, yeah, it's a sorry. vocal exercise. It's <laughs> more of a vocal exercise. <laughs> You're stretching your range. Whoa, I'm real alive. I thought Jose was doing a composite of like all Eddie Vedder. I was like, that's it. <laughs> like, I didn't know that was going somewhere. But I was like, Eddie, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, free I'm still alive. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just toss your hands together like that. Or I'm oh. still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a brain buster for sure. Okay. This is when everybody turns off the podcast. (laughs) At first, Pearl Jam album is hard to listen to. He does too much of that. And the later ones get a lot better. I cannot say I've ever listened to a Pearl Jam album in its entirety. Actually, that's a lie. I worked with a guy at a record store who was obsessed. But I, did I listen? No. (laughs) It was there, but I wasn't listening. (laughs) There is a brief period of like middle, Early middle era Pearl Jam that I I can I've heard this I've heard there's this era that people love and I respect it. There's an era I can get behind, and then there's stuff that I I I used to love when I was a kid, and I just I don't get the same joy from it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once I heard Rush, it was like, oh, that's the feeling that I want out of rock and roll music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where it's to be found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had the same reflection. Yeah, like last year. <laughs> so, so should we play like, a couple songs? You totally should.
Super cool. Thanks, man. And um, we'll do uh, Rock is My Rock. Okay. And then that's it. Rock is My Rock. Let's do it. <clears throat> Yeah, could you just quickly talk about uh, being on the Polaris Prize shortlist? Because that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. That was a huge, a huge, uh, exciting moment in my life. Yeah, totally. It was like, it was. <laughs> so, how did that happen? How did it happen? I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, but. Um... Yeah, it's like a bit mysterious yeah. to us. Um, it's a journalist. Yeah, okay. journalists, journalists vote on it. Um, so we must have been voted for by journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Sure dumb luck, I suppose. <laughs> I guess like yeah, so some maybe it was good. I don't know. It was a good record. I'm just I'm just curious, like how 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 do people get nominated? Is it's all completely mysterious? I think like a journal a journalist nominated. There's a panel yeah, there's a panel of juries and jurors, okay. uh, including like so journalists vote in, like kind of um if you're aware, if, if, if you know anything about how hockey awards, the NHL awards work, but basically it's like all, uh, there's like a, 
number of journalists who are selected, I believe, by the Polaris committee who can like nominate albums and then the top of that make the long list, the top of those with votes make the short list, and then there's a panel of like the final boss judges that decide who wins the whole thing. So it's like a journalist, it's a, it's a very journalist, their journalism and like uh, kind of music writing linked prize. So, so that's a big honor. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we were fucking stoked. We found out when we were at Neil Young show, and it was pretty much one of the highlights of the year, I guess, for sure. And maybe the highlights of our career. Definitely, yeah. One of our career highlights, for, for sure. sure. I, can, I can easily see that. <laughs> so you guys are, are talking to me right now from the studio. Are you guys laying stuff down for the new album right now? Um, so right now we're quarantining and writing. Okay. And then when we're done quarantining, we'll go in the studio, lay some stuff down. Uh, what studio are you going to be recording at? Um, it's called The Noise Floor, and um, it's on Gabriola Island in British Columbia. And why this one? What made you pick this one? Um, uh, there was a few like personal connections, like you know, um, friends in common, and also like um, we heard that um, it was really nice, and like um, other bands, like uh, the Courtney's, who are friends of ours, had recorded here before, and like said they had a great time. So we were like, let's do it. Like it's on an island. Like yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So, partner, thank you so much for coming on and. Hopefully, we'll talk again someday. Yeah, and have a great evening, fans, listeners, and everyone else. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being on. And that's our show for the week, folks. I sure do hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. A big thank you to Partner for coming on the show, talking to me, playing some tunes, and letting us play some of their banging tracks from the old album and the new. But that's not all. A big thank you to Alex McNeil, my producer. A big thank you to Graham Bell, my graphic designer. And a big thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in. Now I know what you're thinking. Joe, how can I support the show? Very simple. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Head on over to Patreon and pledge a few bucks. Head on over to YouTube. Like, share, comment, and subscribe, and you'll be in my good books for the rest of your life. (laughs) 